0: it's unnecessary roughness hands off to Jacob stutters to the right Burst through the whole 20 25 30
1: he's off to the races here in Seattle nobody's gonna catch him 25 20 10 ball game bye bye Josh
0: 86 yards in overtime to walk it off for a second straight week touchdown Raiders victory Las Vegas I have nothing to say oh my goodness let's go home <laughs>
1: This is Unnecessary Roughness. Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. Here's your boy Q.
0: Back here on Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920. Pleased to have in studio my guy, former NFL linebacker, ESPN's own Bart Scott. Bart, how you doing? I'm good, man. Necessary roughness. It's time to pod
2: <laughs> Unnecessary roughness. Best name ever for the show. Yeah, man. I tell you, that's a gangster, man. I mean, that means you can be a habitual line stepper because <laughs> unnecessary. It ain't supposed to be necessary.
0: It's unnecessary. That's right. There's always a 15-yard flag thrown, yes, right? <laughs> there's, okay. there's no doubt. Well, you were here a few months ago. We talked about you know the potential of what the Raiders could do yeah. in camp, but now it's camp time. Right, And you talked about when you know veterans go and, and how they kind of progress through camp as opposed to rookies. So as an undrafted free agent when yeah. you're there at Baltimore, a team that's known to have a really good defense, what's going through your mind when you hit camp for the first time
2: Well you're just trying to keep, keep you trying to keep pace right and you'll you talk about um, at that time it was a Mike Nolan defense um, it was just and they were making a transition from a three uh, four from a four three to a three four. So you're trying to learn the terminology, you're trying to understand to be on the same page and you know, when you're a rookie is you're you're mixed with sometimes guys that aren't rookies but they're veterans, but they're not starters. So they kinda of been in the league for a while and when I came in the league, we still had a middle class. Meaning that you had that seven, eight year um veteran that's been around that's making about, you know, mid level money, you know what I mean? Back in the day, you wouldn't believe it, but you know, the, the minimum was two twenty five. Mm. So like, you know, they were making like seven hundred, you yeah. know what I mean? So they were respected. they were quality backups, had probably started. And, you know, you're trying to make sure because they know and they're communicating with you, but learning all the terms, the terminology, the philosophies, the adjustments. You know, you think you know something, then somebody comes in motion and it changes everything and it it makes you freeze. And I tell you, like, you know, you talk about how young guys come into, you know, the league and they were just – superstars in college the year before is because they they were reacting and not thinking and when you get into a new situation, a new system, new culture, new environment you start thinking. What that does is that slows your body down and you're trying to make it muscle memory and you're nervous right? because we all know that when you get in there that it's 90 people and you see these temporary uh, lockers that's like peninsulas, they're sitting there like (laughs) islands, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're (laughs) islands sitting in the middle of the locker room. You know that those are temporary. Yeah. And you're looking at how do I go from a temporary locker to a permanent locker? And then when you see that and you look at a veteran, you're saying, hey, if for me to get one of these permanent ones and not a temporary, I have to take that man's job. Right. And that man has a mortgage. That man has kids. Mm Mm-hmm. And he's not going to go quietly into the night.
0: Right, right, right. So he's not going
2: to give it to me. Yeah, I got to take it. Right. And it's hard because it's weird because it's not Survivor of the Fitness. This isn't Survivor, right, where you just have no emotion. You have to also learn how to be a good teammate yet compete at the same time. Mm. Real similar to, like, the Spence and Crawford fight, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Like, they had a a profound respect for each other, Mm -hmm. but when we get in this ring, it's either you or me, right?
0: And it ain't gonna be me, <laughs> <laughs> right? Right? You ain't got no option. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Sorry, man. Sorry. Yeah, <laughs> I want to do it, <laughs> <laughs> but I had to do it. But I had to do it. So then you fast forward from being okay. You're the undrafted free agent. You make the squad. You made a name for yourself. How does How does training camp change when you're a veteran?
2: Yeah, it changes. But also you have to start looking like your approach. Yeah. Yeah. You got to start thinking, OK, how much job security do I have? OK. So like guys who have gotten paid in this offseason, which is many. Right. Mm-hmm. Now you're trying to prove that you're worth the money. Right. Right. And, you know, you don't want to fall into that category because now the spotlight's on you and now expectations are high. So now what you used to get that used to be like an add on and like it was a, it was a, a pleasant surprise. Now it's expected over and over again, and when you struggle, you try to you start pressing and you start you know trying to figure some things out. It's a lot of guys that's that's going through that situation, right? And you got guys like Dak Prescott, who's in his second contract and he's in the second year, but you know everybody knows that it's a short-term deal wrapped into a long-term deal format, and they have to make a decision. You you hear that they're not going to pay Zach Martin, and you're saying, okay, well we have to pay these young players. Who are those young players, right? C.D. Lamb, mm-hmm. uh, Michael Parsons. Right so you look at you look at it from that standpoint Dak they have a real decision this is a real pivotal year because if it doesn't if it doesn't improve this year a guy like Mike McCarthy could be gone that's why he right. got rid of his coordinator because he had to take accountability that the fact that they had a high power offense they didn't know how to close and they had untimely mistakes so why are we calling plays why can't we sort the game away right so now you look at a person like that that has expectations then you go to Baltimore and Lamar Jackson's been crying that, hey, they won't let him play quarterback. They basically got some hybrid Georgia Tech offense that's the most complex uh, run game in the history of football, but you don't win Super Bowls that way. Mm -hmm. So now finally they go out and they get Zay Flowers. You already have Mark Andrews. You go out and and, and say, okay, here's all your money, right and here's your toys. Mm -hmm. So you got Rashad Bateman, first-round draft pick. You got Zay Flowers, first-round draft pick. You got Mark Andrews, all pro. And you got um, and you got uh, Odell Beckham, mm-hmm. who's a former top ten or top fifteen pick, all pro pro bowler. If you can't win with that, then you're not the guy who we thought we was. You're not the MVP, right? You, you know your your legs are the MVP, but can you adjust and be be able to win f- from the pocket? So and then guys like Quentin Williams and so forth and so on yeah. that reset the market, all the D line linemen and tackles that got paid. They're trying to prove that they're worth the money. You know, and and if they can get a third contract, or are they going to be one of these guys that they regret, like Ezekiel Elliott a couple of years ago, yeah. that you know you holding the team hostage for a couple of years, and they're trying to figure out how they're going to move on from you.
0: Bart Scott's in studio with us here on Raider Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. So I think that the Raiders' offense has a good chance of being really good, especially if and when Josh Jacobs gets back. But it's always going to be the defense, right? The defense has to be able to complement the offense and play at a high level. We know Max Crosby is Max Crosby. And then I look at the rest of the defense and say, and them, right? It's Max Crosby and them. You were a part of some really good defenses. How long in camp did it take for you to realize, yeah, this defense has a chance?
2: Well, defense is about effort. Uh, we used to call it, uh, Rex, you say, 11 swinging you-know-whats to the ball. <laughs> yes. And it's like, hey, when I want you in that frame. So, like, you have to over-exaggerate. The same way that you saw Dak Prescott yesterday after he would have got tackled, running to the end zone, and you, you the whole archer case with him and, and Diggs, about man, you would have mm-hmm. been stopped. Yeah. You over-exaggerated. So, if the guy's running down, he's finishing his run, and you're on the backside, we want to see you go tag off touch him on his hips and run back and be ready. That's part of cardio, but that's also part of training your body not to think. You know, we always talk about when young guys come in, they call it the college jog where they think they're giving effort but they're really jogging to mm-hmm. the play. Like, no, that's no, when you see that, you get it cuz you never know what's going to happen. What well, if the ball pops out? What well, if the guy cuts back and now you can get him or or if he breaks that tackle? You never assume in football. So it's about setting your habits and setting your standard. Right and making sure everybody lives up to it. And when you watch film, everybody can be proud that you're practicing and playing the right way. And then that way it's about accountability because if if I practice at one speed and you practice at another speed, I can never understand where you're going to be on certain plays where I expect you to go. So now you got guys that should be setting the edge, getting cut out and giving up the edge. You got guys that should be inside out, over-pursuing, and then a cutback happens and you got two guys ending up outside, that's all about knowing where you are and knowing how we see the play the same way. If you're outside and we, we say like you're hook-curl or curl-flat, that means in the run game you're forced. force. So that means nothing gets outside of you. You have to trust that your help is coming Um, coming from the inside out, and I'm coming. And you don't have to wait long. And we don't like putting each other on island. So it's about communication. It's about accountability. It's about the standard. So that's really what it's about. And it's about who's going to be those vocal leaders, who's going to be that guy that's just over-communicating, screaming out, you know, pre-snap recognition because of the film study. Oh, Mm -hmm. they they motion to a slot. Watch out for this. Watch out for that. And being able to have that, oh, it's three by one, three by one. Watch the backside screen, you know. Football one-on-one, like, you know, elementary stuff that, you know, you think is common, but Common sense ain't. It seems so like common. it's not, right? Yeah. <laughs> it
0: seems like common sense isn't really as common. Hey bro,
2: they motion a three by one. You know it's either backside slant right. or something. They creating that space for a reason. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like like, come on, man. They just sent you sent you a text message and you and you and you red? you got your uh, Left it on not red. disturbed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah Left nothing it on, on red. red. Nothing on red.
0: Right, right. No doubt. Bar Scott is with us here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Necessary roughness turnovers is something that the Raiders don't create. Yeah. They've had six interceptions the last two seasons, right? Yeah. That's not that's not enough. Is but, there anything well, they that can Delta, do?
2: They sound. They signed Delta O'Neal. <laughs> you know, what I'm saying he, hey, he no risky, no biscuit. He gonna risky all day. You I'm, got Marcus Peters out there. He right, jumping everything. Like right.
0: He, well, and you know, in the other other day, he was, uh, you know, he was out there participating, and it looked like a couple times he had a chance to make a play and he didn't. And so I'm thinking, okay, maybe as a veteran, he's trying to get his his legs back underneath yeah. him. And then he gets the interception yesterday. So I said, okay, that's him. But he's a guy, like you said, he's going to take a chance. He's going to get burned a couple of times, but he's going to make a play. Yeah, they need that because they don't. They don't they need turnovers. They need
2: attitude. Yeah, and he's going to bring effort, attitude, and you know him coming from Kansas City, mm-hmm. then going to Baltimore. Right. You know, getting getting thugged out some more where he was allowed to be who he was. Mm-hmm. Let's see what this team, how this team embraces him and if they allow him to be like that reckless tone setter. Right. It's weird. You know, I mean, of course, Crosby sets the tone and Chandler Jones out there, but he goes about his business in a quiet manner. Right. You know, you need that vocally, that tempo setter, you know what I mean? That that it talker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, yeah. And, and he'll, he'll never be at a loss for words. No,
0: I know he won't. I know he won't. The fans were, were giving him a little bit of business when Devontae gave it to him a couple times and I heard a couple things coming out of- of uh, Mr. Peters to the to the fans, but you know yeah, the one yeah. thing that drives me crazy is I'm out there watching. Look, I've never been on professional field playing, obviously, but. You know the balls tipped up in the air. I don't see the guys flying to it. I don't see them diving see, to try to get it. See, I don't see that.
2: See, but that's what. I, well, you got these coaches. Oh, stay off the ground. But you know what I mean. That's what I'm talking about. Tipped balls change games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? You gotta and get it, those. See, but if you're not pursuing to the ball, if you're a defensive uh, tackle or a linebacker mm-hmm. and you see a, like a 15 yard hook and you see it and like oh, you kind of start stop with that college jog and it's yeah, one yeah. of those tipped up balls that mm-hmm. you could have got because deflected and the the, the 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 ball defender falls or. Or in, 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 the, in the intended receiver kind of falls, or sitting around, those are opportunities, right? Yeah, and put your put your offense on a short field, or 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 catch it and take it to the house, take it to the house.
0: Yeah, that's that's game changers, and and the the Raiders don't do but that's that. That's about enough. effort, right? It is. You're right, and, and I just I don't see it enough. I'm standing there, I see it happen, the ball tip up in the air and it hits the ground, and then you know what happens the next play. After you do that, the next play goes for the offense, right, yep. either to the house or a first yep. down or something.
2: When you don't take advantage of the opportunities, the football, you know, karma kind of mm-hmm. makes you pay the price. We gave you a chance, you didn't want to take it, so now we're gonna get we gonna get the opportunity to the other person.
0: Right? Doesn't make any sense. It drives me crazy when I see that again. We're talking with Bart Scott here on Raider Nation Radio nine twenty tonight. Bart, uh, it's going down right—the Hall of Fame game. Another yeah, team, of, a former team of yours, the Jets—they're in uh, action. Of course, it's not a big, a lot of action going on in the Hall yeah. of Fame game, but. Man, you're in New York. You're talking Jets on the radio every day. Mm-hmm. Expectation of sky high. What are your feelings on the Jets?
2: Well, this is important um, for the reclamation project that is Zach Wilson. Mm-hmm. So, okay. you know, it may it seem like it's a meaningless game, but Aaron Rodgers isn't playing. Right. So he's going to start and he's going to get some reps, maybe not against Miles Garrett. You know, maybe not against some of their front-end guys, but you can't not start a lot of guys. You can't take, oh, you're starting offense, you're starting defense, and say we're not playing them and play with all backups. Right. So he's going to get some action against some, some some guys that are starters, that are major contributors for Cleveland. And on the flip side, you know, Mekhi Beckton not playing after 651 days. Right. You know, coming out was a promising rookie year. And, you know, they decided not to pick up his option. Mm-hmm. You know, he's not starting right now. He's a massive talent at 6'7", but, you know, hasn't been able to stay durable and hasn't been able to, you know, make the adjustment on the right side. You know, he's a great left tackle. I, I believe that he shouldn't be in a zone scheme, should be in a gap scheme. But this is a huge day for him, and he's treating it as such. He's yeah. saying, hey, because right now he's not starting. Right, 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 but, right. You know, he, he, he had a, like Brian Baldinger loves him. Like, he, mm-hmm. you know, you think about Brian's breakdowns. Yeah and you know, in the, in the guys that he destroyed his rookie year. Like I tell you what, Nick Bosa didn't want no smoke. The only person <laughs> that gave him you know problems his first year was uh, Melvin Ingram because he's so small and powerful and compact. Mm, okay. So it's important for him too. And then let's see what this, this depth of this defensive line that the Jets have. I mean, they have Lawson who they paid $15 million a year. Then on the flip side, they got Franklin Myers that they gave a $55 million deal. They got Quentin Williams inside. But Man. we're excited to see if, you know, you know, they've, they, they've put a lot of assets in their D-line. But let's see what McDonald's going to do. Like, because just mm-hmm. last year they took a defensive lineman in Jermaine Johnson. Yeah. So let's see. And, you know, you know we had this little, uh, you know, poll on, on on my show earlier today and we're talking about who do you think going to have the better second year, Kayvon Thibodeau or Jermaine Johnson, mm, right? And, yeah, and, yeah. and you, you you ask that, and you know I think some people forget that the Jets had two first round draft picks right. last year, mm-hmm. which was well three, three, three. right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, they, yeah Sauce Gardner, Garrett yeah. Wilson, yep. and then Jermaine mm-hmm. Johnson. They, they, they had picked a hell of up a draft. God, they picked they, they picked draft. they picked up in the first half, and like he showed some flashes. Yeah, yeah. But the second year is when you really anticipate guys to come up, and Kayvon Thibodeau would tell you himself. He probably was a little jealous of Aiden Hutchinson and the success that he had because Mm -hmm. he probably felt that he should have been the number one guy. It didn't work out. And, you know, he has – you know, when you think about Kayvon Thibodeau, he has two – all pro caliber defensive tackle. So he should be getting busy in there because mm-hmm. he should be getting a lot of one-on-ones. So he, he expects to have that Michael Parsons type of, you know, imprint. I'm, I'm excited to see what Walker is going to do in Jacksonville too. Yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? Because we outside get, of Aiden yeah. Hudson, no, no, nobody made a, a lot of buzz mm-hmm. last year from the outside, but, I just want to see if Zach Wilson can show control. Let's see if the Aaron Rodgers effect. I want to see the relationship between him and Aaron Rodgers when he comes to the sideline. And see if Aaron Rodgers is giving him tips, going over like the iPad with him. Hey, man, look at this. Yeah, do that because that's really the to me the consolation prize for Aaron Rodgers being part of your team potentially for two years. That where he may not have been a willing, he may or may not have been a willing uh, mentor to Jordan Love, but it seems like he embraced that immediately. And if Aaron Rodgers can come here and win your Super Bowl, that's great. But if Aaron Rodgers can come here, make the Jets relevant, be able to attract other great young stars, you sign them up young, and you know, he already gave the money back, And and then he's able to save your second round draft pick. You know, he's here two years, Zach Wilson to be on a Prove it year. Right. You, know, you sign him to a one year deal like they did Jordan Love, where you know they won't pick up his fifth year option, but you sign him to a one year deal mm-hmm. and give him an opportunity. Like, hey, you've been you've been tutored and you've been in the system for three years now, and now you're sitting, you set behind Aaron Rodgers. If he can't win and he can't be a good quarterback after that, then he's just not a good
0: quarterback. You know, we had Josena Anderson on the show yesterday. She said she felt Aaron Rodgers was going into his Kobe years, where he all of a sudden wasn't the alpha dog, but he realized he needed guys around him. And, yeah. and, and he started, like you mentioned, that mentorship and trying to help guys out and trying to just kind of be a different guy you mentioned the money I'm interested in the money that he gave back yeah. because he said that there could be some high-profile players become available by the trade deadline what do you think yeah. of what he had to say about that
2: Man, smart I mean listen I think he saw and who was he talking about yeah, well I just think he saw that it was another way hmm and when I say another way he saw that he was trying to win it his way through the draft and you know Green Bay was notorious for not going out and spending money in free agency. Not, you know, and they drafted okay, but not spending first round draft equity on on offensive weapons. Right, you know, not going out and get receivers. I don't think they've ever drafted a receiver in the first round. No. So when you th- so when you think about it, when he gives that money back, he saw that what Peyton Manning did, he saw what Tom Brady did. Well, Peyton Manning not so much because Peyton Manning just inherited a young team that, mm-hmm. like the Jets, right, a young team that had controllable, talented right. players early. And a good when you defense, think about really the Maris, yeah. Mary's Thomas, mm-hmm. and you think about uh, uh, Decker and all yeah. those guys, they were under contract on their first deals. So I think Aaron Rodgers saw that and it's like, okay, let me give some money back. Uh, let's extend it, like because if he wins in New York he won't need money. Right. No, you're right about that. Nobody will ever allow him to pay for anything. (laughs) Yeah. Damn near anywhere. Right. (laughs) So, like, you know, in doing that, you talk about last year, it used to be a time where, you know, trade deadline was only juicy in baseball and Mm -hmm. basketball. Mm -hmm. But now you look at it, you know, Raekwon Smith moving, you know, Claypool moving, uh, Leonard Floyd moving. So, you know, we never know what the season's going to – the direction the season's going to take and it could be something that happens somebody gets injured and they have some holes but now they have the money to go out and, and sign and you know you have to be all in with Aaron Rodgers and say hey we're going to try to win and be aggressive so if you can get somebody on an aspiring contract mm-hmm. you know be it if we need a, another tackle if we right. need a center if we need a d tackle if we need a safety you know what i mean look just just imagine hey the jets are feeling good man but man you know, are we we keep getting burnt a little bit on the back end. You know, you call Arizona, who's actively tanking, who's right. probably be yeah. You know, so so this is the thing. Like you look at a team like Arizona Cardinals, and that's the perfect team that you can kind of pick some of their good players from because mm-hmm. they got they got to actually get a lot worse before they get better. You know, they could potentially have the worst record. It's either them or Tampa's going to have a works record, but the, but the prize is Caleb Williams. right? Right. So what does that mean about Kyler Murray? I think in two years Kyler Murray is going to be on the trade uh, block and they're going to be okay. trying to dump that contract, especially if Arizona gets the number one pick. They're mm-hmm. going to not pass on, on Caleb Williams and reset the market and get cheap. Right. And they're going to have to find a way to get out of that contract. They just gave it to him. So it's a lot of teams Yeah, yeah, when, you, yeah. When, you, when you think about you know uh, Tampa – you know, Kyle Murray can go play in Tampa, and he's an outstanding quarterback, and hopefully this uh, injury humbles him. Yeah. But that's what Aaron Rodgers is talking about. Because what if a guy like Buda Baker is available? You know, got it, they don't want to give the money. Jets got the money because right. Aaron Rodgers gave back the money, and because they've drafted so well, they don't have to pay anybody until Vera Tucker for a couple of years. So that's the type of flexibility that it gives you. It gives you the opportunity to load up mm-hmm. to get a guy and, and trade for a Buda Baker. Now you got a – premier one of the best safeties in the game when right. you're playing against all these quarterbacks that run Lamar Jackson. You mm-hmm. think about Josh Allen. Now you got a guy that can play in the alley and check some of these outstanding tight ends. So I think that's what Aaron Rodgers is doing. He's giving himself more options to have the flexibility to be able to make impactful moves. And now he's doing something that Green Bay didn't allow him to do. Right. Be part of the decision-making process. Yeah, he's and loving it. I think Dalvin Cook may be the, the first, the first chip sure. in the game back. Because it's a crazy thing, right? When you look at what happened with Cooper Cup. Mm-hmm. Right. injured. Yeah. If Sean Payton hadn't hated so much on the Jets Mm -hmm. with this Bromley kid that they have in camp that's playing well, they have Corey Davis, who everybody's saying playing well. But we know he's not the starter. Mm -hmm. Right. Lazard probably is going to start and Garrett Wilson. So now if they cut or trade uh, Corey Davis. That's ten million dollars off the salary cap. Mm, yeah, he yeah. has no dad cap money. Right, right So right. now that gives you even more money even to more go cap. out and yeah. make a more impactful move. Right. You know what I mean? So like you talk about that with the receivers, and now, you know, a guy like Corey Davis gets more value. Mm-hmm. And just think, when you talk about Cooper Cup getting hurt, who was the coordinator for the Jets last year? Yep. The floor. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah, so yeah, he yeah. knows what yeah. Corey did. He knows yep. the system. So yep. that can be a trade piece or something mm-hmm. where you get it. So can imagine if you trade it you trade in there, you get a fourth round draft pick in, 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 in you know from from let's say uh who say F them picks, right? So you get a fourth right, round right. draft pick yeah. from, from the Rams and now you have an opportunity to send them a guy and now you also lose ten million dollars off the books. And then now you have that fourth-round draft pick, and you send that fourth-round draft pick to Arizona later in the year for Buda Baker and get him over. See, that's the type of flexibility. You got to play chess, not checkers, and that's what Howie Roseman has been doing in Philadelphia. Mm -hmm. That's what usually traditionally what the Ravens do when you think about Raekwine Smith. You got a lot of guys out there that want money. The Jets have money, Mm -hmm. and they have space because they have young, controllable talent. Sauce, Williams, um, Vera Tucker, uh, Jermaine Johnson,
0: McDonald's. They got young guys that they don't have to pay for three, four years. It's a great, it's a great issue—not an issue, but a great, a great situation to be in. Let's exactly. put it like that. Let's let's wrap up with this. I mentioned uh, the Raiders and, and Josh Jacobs. I'm assuming the offense is going to be good when he gets back. Just what do you think of the overall thing that's going on in the market with this, the running back situation right now? Well, somebody
2: has to take a stand, and we thought Saquon was going to be the poster child, but he didn't have the he didn't have the kahunas. <laughs> it only
0: took a second yeah. for him to get yeah. to camp. I mean, and then, <laughs> like, look,
2: I signed, bro. That's the same deal. It's just a franchise tag, and they gave you two million dollars in front and did. Right. Like you didn't even fight if you're Saquon to be able to say, Okay, if I come, you can't franchise tag me next year. They still can franchise his ass again and use them like a rental cars, eat McDonald's and smoke Newport one hundred (laughs) menthols in the back seat and disrespect you because they know they ain't gonna buy you. Right. Like so like yo, shout out to me for Josh Jacobs for standing up for what he believes in, Mm -hmm. for the future, and also for um Jonathan Taylor. Yeah. Right. The fact that he's doing what they thought Saquon could now. Could you imagine if all three of them was unified? They got on a Zoom call and then Saquon went AWOL? Right. Right. Just right. imagine. Peace. Right. Because he could have had Saquon could have had a hold in. Yeah. Right, yeah. And he could have showed, showed them if they lose to Dallas, the pressure's going to mount. Mm-hmm. Let me let me show you what Daniel Jones would, is, is without me. Right. Let me show you what it is when now we can double Waller and mm-hmm. now we don't have to worry about respecting anybody in, the, in in a box. So now we can stop you with a light box and double everybody because you don't even have any old great receivers right. that we even got to respect other than Darren Waller. So let's double him and let's single up and lock these trash receivers that you got. You know, so I thought it was an opportunity so – I think it's something that has to be addressed. You you see here, Ursay, you know after what you know Jonathan Taylor's done, basically calling him calling him a worker, like hey, shut up and run, right? Basically like shut up and dribble, like yep. you know it sounded like you know like some slavery type stuff. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like yeah, what are you talking bad. about? Yep. Like yo, I'm a person, man. I'm out here taking hits, and you trying to tell me that by the time like if I run myself like DeMarco Murray and I and I and I lead the league in rushing. Yep. The same thing is you're going to tell me I'm a workhorse, but then you're going to hold it against me and say, hey, man, you've been beat up. Ah. Mm-hmm. Like It can't work both ways. Right. I'm a workhorse, I'm durable. I'm showing you what's up. And then now you're going to say, well, you know, you're you taking a lot of hits. It can't work both ways. So I think running backs really in, in, in college – to start coming out early. Mm-hmm. Like if I'm going to do that, I'm going to leave college as soon as I'm eligible, whether I'm ready to be a, a great running back or not. Right. I'm going to leave early. That way I'm hitting free agency earlier. That way they can't use that. And if I'm a guy like Jonathan Taylor, if I'm a guy like Saquon Barkley, I'm telling you, go get you a short yard specialist because mm-hmm. I ain't about to be going there getting getting hit by five, six people and, 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 and running On my Third feet. and one and fourth and, and, and one. Bro, yeah. And bro, yeah. you, got, you got about 20 to 25 uh, touches. Right, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna have 350 touches because we mm-hmm. know y'all treat that as somebody in your geek squad is going to say, oh, you know, the analytics says this. Right, nah, I'm not gonna do that. So 20, 25 carries, I'm gonna have about 200 carries, mm-hmm. 250 uh, touches, and that's all
0: you get. I like it. I like I like the Geek Squad reference too. That was yeah.
2: <laughs> ruining every sport, baseball and everything.
0: Telling you, I'm telling you, don't get me started, Bart. Don't get me started. The analytics side of things drives me crazy, but that's that's what they Go
2: back to Best Buy where you came from.
0: There there it is, the Geek Squad right there. Bart, it's always fantastic to have you in town and, and have you in studio, man. I thank you so much. No,
2: I appreciate it. Thanks for the hospitality.
0: Greatness right there from former NFL linebacker Bart Scott with us here on Raider Nation Radio 920 Unnecessary Roughness. Let's go ahead and hook something up. After that, I feel froggy, man, so I'm going to leap. I feel like giving something away. How about the Lotus Summer of Fun? We're going to get you qualified right now for four tickets to an Aviators game. More importantly, though, it's going to get you one step closer this week. A week in New Mexico with a hot air balloon trip, Albuquerque, then three days in Santa Fe, plus $1,700 spending money. Of course, you could always take the cash, which is $3,000. That's a lot of good money as well. Take the trip or take the cash. Got to give a big shout-out to uh, Gettle. uh, uh, Ghetto air conditioning and plumbing will keep you cool, but it's hard to spell. That's G-O-E-T-T-L. But, again, we appreciate them uh, for sponsoring the Lotus Summer of Fun. And right now we're trying to hook you up. 702-365-9200. Call number nine. You're getting qualified to win those four tickets to the Aviators game. Get you one step closer to the Lotus Summer of Fun. It's Red Nation Radio 920.
1: It's time for Reason or Excuse on Unnecessary Roughness. Shout out to my man Carlos. Got himself... For qualified for four tickets to the Aviators game, which puts him that much closer to the shot at winning the grand prize trip to New Mexico and riding an, <laughs>
0: an air balloon. Ride, that ride you ride don't want to
1: balloon, like I can't even say it because it just freaks me out so much. But hey, yeah,
0: I think you need to uh, expand your horizons, dude. You yeah. need to live a little bit, man. Maybe I'll
1: fly a kite. How's that? The kite can take the you know be up there and. <laughs> were you ever good at that as a kid flying a kite flying I don't know if I ever really did that no I don't I don't think so probably better than uh doing the hot air balloon though
0: I tried a couple times to fly a kite because all the other kids were doing it shocking that's the best reason to do something <laughs> I was You're... never good at it I could never figure out how to get that damn thing to go yeah, like I some don't... people are really good and some people have like professional kites and they've got like One string for their left hand and one for their right hand, and they're doing all these different tricks. (laughs) My, My kite either one got stuck in the tree or two, it just never took off, and I just looked like a big dummy. Like, I didn't know what to do. That's so.
1: more me. Yeah, that one. I, I feel like I did it maybe once or twice and couldn't even get it off the ground. So
0: Yeah, I'm not much for kites, so.
1: Yeah. I like good. my two feet planted on the ground at all times, if possible. <laughs> <laughs> Unless- I need to get you
0: out and get you a little bit of adventure, dude.
1: I, I have an adventurous side. I'm just, it's just, yeah. Dude, nobody's a- seen it. You got an adventurous <laughs> right, side that mi- ain't nobody it's seen. mysterious adventure, yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah, no doubt, man. And you know I'm what? Trying so hard Whenever we get. find that, that mysterious inside of you. I don't know if I want to be around because it might be too much of a mystery. I might not be able to handle it. yeah. I'm just saying. Speaking of a great time out, let me just go ahead and plug where I'll be tomorrow. This show will come generated from the Sahara Las Vegas, the Ultra Azila Ultra Pool. Uh, We'll be there from 2 to 5. I encourage you to get there early. It's free to get in, free parking, great food and drink specials, great food and drink specials. And uh, I'll be out there uh, right after training camp. As soon as camp's over, I'm going to make a beeline. Normally, I make a beeline to the home studio. I'm going to make a, a, a beeline to the studio away from home. <laughs> right? And I don't mean the, the Lotus studio. I mean the pool. So uh, I'm going to go and get my my Speedos. On. No, I'm kidding. I'm going to get my uh, swim trunks on, have my tank top on. I'm going to be ready to roll. So come on out and have a good time with us.
1: It's a pool party. Pool party. Exactly. Q impersonation.
0: There you go. You got it down. All right. All right. Sorry. Reason or excuse? We heard the young lady. Let's go ahead and get yes, into it. Yes, let's do
1: it. Uh, Chad Parsons just tweeted, "Quote: Might be a dumb question, but if the pads on the helmet are safer, why not wear them all the time? Like you know, the uh, the ones that they, oh, the yeah, yeah, huge yeah. ones, right? Yeah, I like, know this is Twitter. Yes, it's a cesspool. I agree with you, but I mean, like, there's some responses. There was a lot of responses. You know, mm-hmm. more than one, and a lot of like the, the ones that came up mostly were it's aesthetics or the logo needs to be shown." And a lot of people said, because the NFL only cares about money. There, These uh, are, there's some scientists talking about they're only for the small impact hits, like in training, but so heavy that if you get hard, like in a game, it can hurt you even more. And then there's just the illusion of caring versus the reality that the NFL just doesn't care about players' safety. Uh, if any of these, uh, there's probably some accuracy to, to some of those, especially yeah. like the aesthetics part. If those are accurate, assuming they are, are they valid reasons or just excuses?
0: Um, that's a really good one. It's funny. I never thought about that question, right? I never thought about them. I know that they're supposedly good for preventing concussions during training camp, but if they are that good, why wouldn't they be used during the regular season? That's an actually a great question. And I'm sure a lot of people that are smarter than me have the answer to it as, as you alluded to some of the different reasons out there. Um, uh, I think ultimately, ultimately it's probably a. NFL doesn't really care that much about safety of players. I mean, they've got 17 games now, <laughs> right? I mean, there's there's a lot of different things that go into it. Um, man, that's that's good, Ari. I wish I had a really good answer for you. <laughs> right. I don't know if these are real legit reasons or if they're just straight up excuses on why they don't use them. And maybe they're not. Maybe they're not very good for an uh, entire game. I, I but, saw some,
1: I saw one comment, and again, these are. This is a lot of just you know. Right opinion or conjecture I like someone did mention you know the defenders could just grab that helmet so easily just take you down like it'd be so much easier to just get a hold of you you know on defense ah, that, that's, that's true. one val- there's a lot but i mean i think the, the one that i'm fixated on is the logo being shown i mean you could obviously just rework the size of it or put the logo on and yes they do look absurd i will yeah. i will agree with that but who cares because what's less absurd than having you know all these players not be injured if yeah. they were
0: no if it if it were to if it really helps if they were able to find a way to help prevent concussions or any kind of other injury, and they can do it at a high level, I, I mean, so what if it looks stupid? Just go do it, right? right. I mean, we just talked slam ball. Uh, we talked with Tony Crosby Jr. They wear they wear something like those Guardian caps on their helmets. It's a little bit different. They're a little bit smaller, but they wear them. And because they're flying in the air and they get hit and they land on their side or they land on their head or they, I mean, there's there's some physicality that goes along. So they they wear them. So yeah, I can. I could I could see that being something. Maybe maybe they find a way to design them where they're not as big and, and ugly. And maybe they can even you know kind of design them with the with the the helmets and still have the logo on the side because again that is a part of it. So I don't I don't. That's a good. That's a really good question, man. That's, I, I don't. I wish I had a really good answer, but right. it feels like those are all a bunch. I'm just gonna go ahead and go with the benefit of the doubt, and I'll say those are a bunch of reasons why uh, they don't have it and not excuses. How about that?
1: All right, I'll, I'll take that. I mean, there's actually a couple of things I have for today for reason or excuses uh, regarding player safety. So Okay, there, so it's, look
0: how you are, man. You're doing yeah, something no, good for your country. A, there's
1: a theme, that's right. All right. <laughs> uh, so let's scroll down. Which safety one do I want to do? Uh, in an effort to make kickoffs safer, the NFL is considering adopting similar kickoff rules to the XFL, according to Pro Football Type Talk's Mike Florio. We might have on next week. There you go. Uh, in the XFL, kickers line up at the 30-yard line with 10 other players... With the other ten players, I'm sorry, or the, of the kickoff team lining up at the 35 yard line, just five yards away from the returning team, etc. It's, I mean, they they already made some changes. I feel like in the NFL that were not really uh, well received. And even right. though they they probably are for the, the players own good and everyone's own good, like nobody really wants. Everybody's no. kind of hating on it. If we're being let's be. Really I listening. hate it. Yeah, I'll be go. the first I mean, to tell you I hate it. I yeah. think
0: you're taking away guys' jobs. I think you're taking away a very exciting play that I understand is you know, kind of already taken away because most, pe- most teams kick the ball into the end zone already. But having the ability to be able to fair catch the ball anywhere inside the 25 and get the ball at the 25 I think makes no sense whatsoever. I think you're taking a lot of strategy away. So whatever they can do, and I remember talking about this I believe last week with Ari Mayroff where he was saying that, uh, it was going to be, you know, something like this that they were working on to uh, adjust the kickoff. And maybe it was earlier this week. I'm not too sure. It was some, sometime um, in the last couple of weeks that we were talking about this. Um, whatever they could do to adjust it and, and make it so it can actually be a legit play again would be all I'm all good with. So if they have to go the XFL route, which is kind of funny, you're the NFL and you're following the XFL. Hi. Who said that? Who, we had someone on the show that said that. Oh, that was Gilbert Manzano. It was Gilbert. That's exactly who it was. It was yesterday. How could I forget yesterday?
1: <laughs> Very easily. There's a lot that goes on. That's true. That's I true. I see it right alongside. But yeah,
0: no. I think I think that that's you know I, I would like them to do it. So I, I think that that's uh, you know reasons to to make it happen. They they need to go ahead and find reasons to make it happen. Let's put it like that. There You go.
1: Yeah. Got to be consistent, I guess. Too, if you're gonna, if you're really, if you're really here about the player's safety, if that's right. really what's going on. Uh, all right. Speaking of Ari Miroff, yeah just keep going. Uh, he earlier just tweeted the NFL has modified the personal conduct policy, granting them the ability, if they choose, to investigate and take disciplinary actions against incoming draft prospects for incidents that may have occurred before a player enters the league. Great example is Jalen Carter. It's- this is really kind of could change. I think this how, is such a BS rule. Yeah, I don't mean like, to cut you off, but I think no, this is such it's such BS. Yeah. it's. Uh, I mean, it just put, could change everything, really, like how you even tra- draft people. Well, how you
0: let, me, no, well, let me tell you this. I'll tell you why it's BS. And I think this is an excuse because of Jalen Carter. And I think that they want to make an example out of him, and they, they haven't been able to. So I'll just go ahead and leave with that. I think this is an absolute excuse. But let me tell you, the NFL's already done this. The NFL has already uh, acted on this rule well before it was even a rule. And anybody in Raider Nation will know what I'm talking about. If you go back to 2011, when the Raiders selected Terrell Pryor in the supplemental draft, what happened with Terrell Pryor? I'll wait, Raider Nation. He was suspended. He was immediately suspended from the supp- after they selected him out of the supplemental draft. Why? Because he was suspended in school for the whole tattoo gate which is the dumbest thing, by the way, ever. Yep. He gave away his stuff so he can get tattoos. He gave away his stuff so he could drive a car. And now we have NIL. So Spencer Rattler's is driving a G-Wagon right now because <laughs> he could throw a football and not even great. So first of all, he's suspended for that. Jim Trestle loses his job at Ohio State. And then Terrell Pryor gets suspended by the NFL, who, because of this ruling today actually had no right to suspend him in 2011, 12 years ago. And now all of a sudden there's a rule where they can go and say, okay, well, something happened in college. We can act on it. Okay, now you're just making an excuse to to enforce the rules or enforce some kind of rule or action on Jalen Carter, who you feel like got away scot-free with whatever situation happened there at Georgia.
1: It just feels like one more thing to somehow control everything because it's the NFL. Oddly enough, the owners are even affected by this one. But as usual, you want to just control the players and that kind of thing. Of course. But, again,
0: I just – I get angry because they've already done this. They did this in 2011. I remember when it happened, I remember saying, wait, how in the hell is Terrell Pryor getting suspended in the NFL for something that happened in college? And he didn't even get to go to the draft. He's in the supplemental draft for a reason. So – that should be done. You should be, you know, it's like I can't get fired from my old job and get in trouble at my new job
1: for a policy that technically might have was been the, at the old job. Was
0: the old job's
1: policy. And it it's not your like yeah, if, I'm a, work, if I'm working if I'm working at a radio
0: station and they're like, "You know what? Q what you said on the air, we're going to suspend you for it." I'm like, "All right, well that's you know what, that's fine. I'm actually leaving. I'm going to go to a new job. <laughs> my new job ain't going to suspend me because of something I said at my old job."
1: Yeah. That's yeah. That's kind of. I never understood
0: when they did that. I never understood the reasoning or the explanation, and there never was really an explanation. Well, this is a punishment that they they put down in college. Okay, college. The NCAA is not related to the NFL. That's not a cousin. It's not a. It's not a brother or sister. It's not even a stepchild. Right. It's it's they're different entities. So how in the hell does a guy get suspended for something that happened in college, because all of a sudden he's going to the NFL? And now all of a sudden, twelve years later, they're like, "Yeah, you know, it's a good idea, be able to go ahead and give some kind of disciplinary action if something happens in college." If that's what you want to do, if that's your policy, fine. But that should have been your policy all twelve years that this happened. Mm-hmm. This shouldn't all of a sudden be a new
1: thing. I wonder if the players would speak out on this kind of thing if they even have a card to play. I don't. I don't know. I'm sure somewhere you know, Terrell Pryor,
0: Pryor's like, "Wait, what the
1: hell?" Players' Association. Why me? Too- yeah. yeah. Why did definitely. I get suspended?
0: And now, all of a sudden, 12 years later, it's the dumbest thing ever. So that's my soapbox I'm on for the day.
1: There you go. So there you go. <laughs> uh, real quick, just off the XFL thing, we got a text from uh, Raider Dill. He said, I would enjoy the XFL rules way more than the fair catch. Give kickers the ability to still pin guys deep.
0: I'm good with that. I like it. I like it. And, you know, so if that's, if that's what they got to do, that's what they got to do. I, I could appreciate that. And, and again, I, I don't like the new NFL rules, the new kickoff rules. I think it makes no sense. But. There's a lot of things, clearly, that don't make any sense that the NFL does. The NFL, until they can benefit from it, they don't want to do it. You know, I mean, it's as as simple as, like, fantasy football, right? I mean, there was, when I was in Central Texas, fantasy football was going to have a convention, and they were going to have it in in Vegas. And I remember these guys that were helping put on the convention, they told us in Central Texas, hey, we're going to pay for your flight. We'll pay for your hotel. We just want media to be there to, uh, you know, to, to cover it. It's, it's ran by Tony Romo he's gonna be a big part of it and you, we're gonna have you guys there so they they had booked our flights they had booked our hotel we were about to be on the first thing smoking uh, my mom stays here so I was like great I'll go on vacation right after that you know I'll just go I'll go to the convention I'll cover it and then I'll take on I'll go on vacation and then after that I was gonna to go to Oxnard for Cowboys training camp that was the plan then all of a sudden it's like oh no the NFL they uh, they 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 said no on that we can't do it why oh because they don't want they don't want football in, in, in Vegas. They don't want fantasy football. They don't want that's a, it's a, excuse. A for, it's a form of gambling. They don't excuse. want nothing to do with that. Right. Nothing but excuses. <laughs> now, that's all you talk about is fantasy football. They got a damn channel dedicated to, uh, and a, to a fantasy football and NFL Network. Right? I mean, they have conventions all over the place now. But you know why? Because they were able to put their name on it and make some money. Money is undefeated. They have a football team that plays their home games in Vegas. They have the draft in Vegas. The Super Bowl is going to be in Vegas. They've had the Pro Bowl in Vegas. The NFL is all in bed with Vegas, right? <laughs> NFL is like Kim Kardashian, right? They're in bed and on video in Vegas, right? Like, like. It's true. We all like know the it. no Like, the NFL is like Kate Jenner, right? <laughs> right? Like, <laughs> I think that's her name is that the mom's the name mom yeah. uh chris Chris, chris jenner something. sorry They're Kate's the other the Kate's the other dude so yeah what's her name again Chris Chris thank you Chris I got I got I yeah 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 Chris no the NFL is like Chris Jenner as soon as Chris Jenner found a way to make money Chris Jenner did it how <laughs> the NFL found a way to make money NFL's doing it it's just that simple there's a lot of names there I was
1: involved in <laughs> Hey, man. But I'm not wrong. No, no, you're I'm not. I'm not wrong. The NFL is like the ultimate pimp. And they don't even try to hide the stuff. Like No. It's so, but the, the gambling, I think the sports gambling is the most like obvious, right. deliberate. Like, there's not even a question of what's going on here. No.
0: All now that they, mighty I mean, dollar. They've got, they've got sports books on their website now. You know, If you go to NFL.com, one of the first things you see is fantasy football. Sponsored by who? DraftKings, FanDuel, you insert name, whatever it is. The only ones that can't do anything with FanDuel or, or DraftKings is us. <laughs> right? We've got everything else. We just can't mess with FanDuel or DraftKings. We got Danny driving to Arizona so he can <laughs> place bets. <laughs> oh, man. It's insane.
1: Yep. The, the NFL is really undefeated. I hate to say it. No, they are. But they are.
0: Yeah, money is undefeated man. and the NFL is undefeated. In the minute that they find a way to get money, they'll get money. Right? They're like Lil Wayne. Facts. Get money. <laughs> you, know, you know what? Throw it. You know like, how it goes? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> 4.45 is the time. We'll take a quick break. Yeah, we'll take a quick break. Uh, we'll come back. We'll close out the show. It's Radio Nation Radio 920.
1: Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q, broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio.
0: It's been a really good show today. Had some really good guests on the show, including Vinny Bonsignor. Tony Crosby, the second slasher slam ball action. Matter of fact, that'll be going down in about 45 minutes. His team will be in action. And then former NFL linebacker Bart Scott, always great to catch up with Bart. Anytime he's in town, always tell him, hey, man, we always got a studio for you. And then always have to have him come on the air. (laughs) Like, that's the only exchange, brother. (laughs) You're good. I got a studio for you, but I, I need you. I need you for usually I say about 10 to 12 minutes, and it usually turns into 25 to 30 minutes, just like it did earlier today. But it's all good. Bart's a good friend, and I definitely appreciate him and his thoughts, and especially with training camp going on, he's able to break down everything uh, from a player's point of view as a guy that was an undrafted free agent. You know, as he came into the league, had to prove himself and turn into be one hell of a linebacker. So definitely appreciate Bart Scott. Appreciate all the feedback we received today. 702-365-9200, 702 365 9200. Also, the WBroke.com text line. We heard from Jermaine and Luminor. We gave away some, uh, some prizes as we got folks qualified to win four tickets to the Aviators game for the Lotus Summer of Fun. Trying to get you to New Mexico, trying to get you in that hot air balloon, trying to get you to Albuquerque, trying to put some money in your pocket. We're trying to do a little bit of everything for you. Uh, and again, we got hit up on the WBroke.com text line at 69187 Keyword R N R. This is from Brad in Concord. He said, So, what I'm excited about is to see the new pieces on defense spillane peters etc i think uh this will make things a little bit different this year what i'm concerned with and it was brought up earlier is always this coaching staff there's just something i cannot put my finger on where there's no confidence in them everything on the field seems harder on everyone to execute for some reason and they rank very low in the nfl per the players perception i really hope that that's not the case this year that's brad and Concord, and you know that's something that they've got to work on that's something that they've got to prove That's nothing that I can tell you about. That's nothing that, you know, anybody can, Vinny can't tell you. Uh, Anyone who comes on the show, Paul Gutierrez, whoever the case may be, nobody can tell you exactly what the players are thinking outside of the players and the coaches. But uh, I think that as Coach McDaniel said during, I want to say mandatory minicamp when he he met with us, he said that, you know, they're taking everything into consideration. So wherever they were voted, as far as player perception, uh, they're taking that into consideration and trying to, trying to be better on the same page with the players and try to take what they have to say in consideration. And the interaction, let's see, in practice look good, but that's only a couple hours a day. So I can't say that that's what's going on behind the scenes. But, you know, this, this coaching staff, I think they have a lot to prove, right? They've got to prove that, uh, you know, one, they can get better execution out of these players, better results, right? This is not, in my opinion, this is not a team that's, that has the talent of a six-win team. I just I don't believe that. I believe they have talent that's way better than six wins. But you are what your record says you are, and they won six games last year. So I believe that they've got a lot, of, uh, a lot to prove offensively and defensively. The one thing I was excited about when it came to head coach Josh McDaniels and what he was going to bring to the table is that, in my opinion, he's an he's a offensive, you know, sharp mind. He's one of those guys that's going to get the most out of his team offensively. So that's what I was looking forward to. And there was times last year where they did. And then there was times last year where I scratched my head and said, what the hell is going on? So I think that he's got to have a better understanding of what his guys do and how they execute and how they perform better. And I think Hunter Renfro is a perfect example of one. Uh, many people have brought up the, uh, the fact that he was on the, that, that mic'd up session and he was telling Hunter, uh, do what you got to do. You know, Maybe he's turned around the corner where it's like, hey, you don't have to run the route the exact way that you know, it's designed. Do what you gotta do to get open. I, I'm not saying that's what he's saying, but that's what it sounded like on that mic'd up session. But you mentioned Robert Spillane, a new addition defensively. Well, here's head coach Josh McDaniels talking about Robert Spillane. I really enjoy being around Rob. I mean, he he fits in really well with our group. Um, he's a communicator. Uh, he's really tough. Uh, he's all about football, and you know he's he's a he's a good leader. And so. Um, you know, you you want that in the middle of your defense, you know, Uh, we want to be a tough group, we want to be a smart group, we want to try to, you know, take the ball away as much as we can, and and Rob gives us an opportunity to do some of those things and improve, you know, and so uh, I think his teammates really respect him, Um, he's a really hard worker, uh, adamant about trying to do things the right way, Um, you know, I think he's made a huge impression on our team so far. So there you go. There's head coach Josh McDaniels talking about Robert Spillane, him and the rest of the Raiders' defense and the rest of the Raiders' team will be in action tomorrow at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center for another day of training camp. Practice gets started at 9.15. I got that email, so we'll be out the, at the practice facility at 9.15 tomorrow morning. So as we wrap this up, Ari, take us away, man. Let me know what's the day of the day.
1: Man, it is National Watermelon Day. You ain't got okay. Nothing I, negative to say about. I that. I
0: like watermelon. I like watermelon. The wife just made some kind of drink that was uh had watermelon in, infused in it or something. I don't know. She made something in the blender that was watermelon based. So well,
1: hashtag that and enjoy you some watermelon. Will I know you love those hashtags.
0: There you go. We'll be back tomorrow. It's Radio Nation Radio nine twenty. Have a great night.